Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Okay, listeners, ho, 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 and we're back for another Smart Retirement Podcast episode. Matt, how the heck are you? Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Mike. Uh, doing all right. Um, enjoying the cooler weather here in Arizona. For some reason, uh, this week has popped up into the 80s. I think it was pretty warm out there by you as well this last week. So uh, definitely some interesting weather and stuff going on. But nonetheless, happy holidays to all of the listeners out there. You know, if uh, depending on where you are in the in the United States, you might be getting some snow on the ground. Uh, I know I'm actually leaving for Manhattan. Uh, tomorrow to go visit with my sister for a little while, and uh, it's supposed to be in the 50s. So pretty excited to be able to go to Manhattan in December and it be 50 degrees out. <laughs> yes, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. And, you know, listeners, um, our last show aired right before Thanksgiving. So, uh, Matt, I know you and I, we basically stayed at home this year. It was a it was a button, button down the hatches year with COVID-19. Um, did you did you have a nice Thanksgiving? You know, it was very nice. Um, I did. I was fortunate enough to spend it with my parents, uh, my sister and her boyfriend. Unfortunately, uh, stayed out in Manhattan. Didn't want to bring anything home with them from out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very uh, nice Thanksgiving. It was interesting doing a bunch of different Zoom meetings all day. Yeah, um, yeah, it was you a know, Zoom day. with everyone, but it was a Zoom day. And uh, it definitely was kind of nice. I know on the last show we discussed, you know, talking about estate plans and things like that. Uh, believe it or not, it actually was a conversation in one of our Zoom meetings. So was it? Um, yep. Yep. Not, not brought up by you. Or? And I didn't bring it up. OK, I didn't bring it up. Uh, one of my family members had listened to the podcast and had some questions. So that was kind of neat. That is neat. Yeah. So I, I also had a similar situation, you know, listeners with you. Um, you know, with everyone trying to be safe, it's it's likely that you, you know, half of you went to see your family, half you didn't. But if you had questions that, that derive from this conversation, this seed we planted with you about estate planning, whether it was some of the basic stuff that Matt talked about that you need to have, you know, listen to last la- our last episode if you're not sure what I'm talking about. But it's um, it was good because we touch on what is the important stuff that you just got to have the housekeeping stuff. And that episode's called pass the estate plans with a side of gravy. And, uh, that was aired on the 24th of November. The other thing we talked about too, was just, you know, the concepts of, okay, you've got all your ducks in a row. You've got to trust. That's great. But how do we properly pass the assets to the kids, i.e. real estate after, um, mom and dad do pass on. So I think it's a good one to listen to. I think this time of year, people are like, they're just more around the family. You're starting to see things. Maybe mom, dad, aunts, uncles are starting to show more that they're just aging. And these things will bother you. Please listen to our episode. And if you have any questions, please call in at 866-53-RETIRE. Option one gets you to Matt. Matt deals with this stuff a bit more than I do on a day-to-day basis. He's got great contacts to help you with for your estate planning. Um, he'd be happy to do some research and and get some questions answered for you. Uh, 866-53-RETIRE, option two, get you to me. We can talk specifically about real estate you've got in the trust 
and things you want to do. Maybe family members want to hold on to that real estate, whereas some of the other family members just want that cold, hard cash. So, Mike, I forgot to tell you about this one. I, um, from one of my recent webinars that I did, I had a, uh, a, a couple uh, from the Santa Barbara area, actually, and uh, they contacted me. They've got a net worth over $10 million, and you know they're, they're concerned about passing assets on to the kids, right? And what, what would be the most tax-advantaged way to do that? And you know the problem now with the SECURE Act and if he gifts them the IRA, right, they've now got to take the money out of that IRA, pay the tax on it, and do it all within a 10-year period. Yeah. But especially when you're dealing with a, an account that large, uh, you know, what options do you really have? So that's one of the things, you know, listeners, if you're out there wondering, it doesn't have to be that big of a, an account. At the end of the day, it's still going to have to pay taxes on it. You know, we're coming into a different, uh, I guess, changing of the guard here this next year. So I anticipate some tax changes and things to be coming down the, uh, the hole as well. Uh, so, you know, again, take advantage of where the taxes are now. We might be able to look into fixing some of these traditional IRA tax burdens that would be passed on to your kids, pay some tax on it now and get that asset taken care of. I don't want to get into that a ton today on the show, but that was one thing that popped up and it's, I'm hearing it more and more as we just came out of this, uh, this last election cycle. So I just want to listeners, if you're out there wondering, please, please, please give us a call 866-53-RETIRE or shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. So Mike, sorry for interrupting you there, but want to just dabble that in. And I know you've got some exciting stuff that uh, we're going to be talking about today as well. Yeah, I think we should jump right in. Thank you for that, Matt. I think we should jump right into the the show for today. Um, listeners, what I wanted to do today is just give you another alternative way for you to think about making money and increasing your wealth in retirement. I think a lot of a lot of retirees they've spent you know 20, 30 years working that they just want to get to retirement. It's like a, it's almost like a finish line where you finish the race and now you just want to celebrate, you know, after you, have you ever done a half marathon, Matt? Or no. Full marathon? <laughs> <laughs> that is like the last thing that you'll find me doing. Absolutely not. So I did one, I did one, I trained by myself and I did one in 2014 and it's a third, you know, it's 13, whatever miles. I can't remember 13.3. Uh, and when you're done, you know, you that last mile, you're like coasting. You're just like, OK, I'm like right there. I just have to get over the finish line. And, you know, if you're very competitive, that's when you speed up. Um, you know, I had some conversations with God, basically, because my my oxygen. <laughs> but I, I, I finish and the finish line is nice. It's like you finish. You get this big like accomplishment high. But then they stuff you full of food and there's beer there's beer gardens. It's kind of a nice way to celebrate. And I think some, my metaphor here is that career is like a, a half marathon and you finish this race and now you're in retirement. All you want to do is like go play golf on Tuesdays. You know, if you have a couple of glasses of wine a night, it's no big deal. I'm here to leisure, right? Is the key. But I think what happens is just like you get comfortable and relaxing, you sometimes get comfortable in your retirement planning. And the income that's coming in is good, could be better, but I don't really want to work that hard. So what today's show is about is for those of you that are like, you know what, Wall Street's great and all, but I don't trust it far enough that, I, you know, further than I can throw it. 
and I want some alternative ways to make money. I'm I'm still sharp. I'm still thinking about things going on in my community where, you know, I might be able to purchase a commercial building or I might want to buy real estate or I might want to start making private notes to individuals that could pay me back with a higher interest rate. Um, and so what a self-directed IRA does is just that it gives you the ability to have the pen. And what I mean by having the pen is you will be able to take on any risk that's that's within the the rules of a self-directed IRA, whether it's buy a house with a checkbook that you run through an LLC, uh, you know, offer one of your close friends or an, a, a stranger a private note so that they can have money injected into their business, maybe money to uh, go towards the remodel of their home because they weren't able to be financed by an, an institutional bank or another lender. Um, there's tax liens. You can purchase properties that are in tax delinquency. There's gold. You can do gold. You can buy precious metals. There's all types of things you can do with the self-directed IRA. So what we're going to do today is we're going to wet your whistle a bit and get you excited about these self-directed IRAs. We're going to talk about what we think are the five major mistakes, some of the big myths about uh, self-directed IRAs. Um, but before I get into the myth, we'll probably talk about the myth, take a nice little commercial break, and then get into the mistakes today, Matt. I want to just make sure that the individuals that are, you know, listening today understand what a self-directed IRA really is, you know, and take the advantage of it. So it's sometimes referred to as an alternative IRA. I've seen it, you know, self-managed IRA is commonly used. That's the marketing team getting behind this whole thing we're talking about today, which is, you know, take some of your money and control it yourself. This is not a this is not a rah rah campaign about saying, "Hey, close out everything in your investment accounts and manage it all yourself." But I think that some of the retirees that have written us in the show, they have the mind and they have the interest in things that this this type of action would be. So, self managed IRA is something I see a lot. It's a retirement platform that allows the investor to diversify his or her savings beyond Wall Street. It allows them to take, like I said, real estate assets on uh, things like, you know, fourplexes, tenplexes, uh, single family units. You could buy land um, should you want to hold land as a long term investment strategy. Maybe you're like maybe you're someone that reads the paper a lot and you see an area that's developing right outside your suburb that you know would eventually turn into uh, another suburb or an extension of your suburb. Um, and you can do all these things and more with basically two general steps. You would set up an account, a self-directed IRA account at a custodian. A custodian is someone like Fidelity Investments, Vanguard, someone that would actually hold your funds, much like a bank holds your check, excuse me, checking account. And then the second step is, you would structure an LLC because that's one of the major rules is that we have to see that the money's moving through a company that you own, not through your personal Matt Hollander checking account. Right, Matt? Exactly. And, you know, we're going to get into some of the uh, mistakes in the second half of the show, but I'm going to, I'm going to transfer right into these myths. Um, one other thing I want you guys to know that this is a way for you to diversify more. Okay. It's a way for you to say, okay, look, I've got 75, 80% of my money in stocks and bonds and 20% of it in, let's say, real estate or maybe even cash equivalents, right? Or maybe they've got it in annuities, Matt. Maybe they've got it in fixed income uh, 
holdings. Mm-hmm. We're not saying take 75% out of the market and put it into something you can control. Like forget about the institution of Wall Street. It's a, it's a hoax. We're saying that this would allow you some opportunities to get into some of the stuff you're seeing in your neighborhoods, in your communities, in your towns. So, um, and I don't think it's for the squeamish, you know, it's not for the faint of heart because, uh, some of the myths that we see are, you know, that first off that it's just a lot of paperwork and you, you know, if you don't have an accountant and an attorney, you can't do it. That's not necessarily true. I don't think self-directed IRAs are as confusing or as hard to set up as they used to be. They were used to, there was used to be this thing that like, oh, like the smartest guy in the room had a self-directed IRA. You know, I can't figure that out. I don't have the, I don't want to put the money into having an accounting team or a bookkeeping team or an attorney that has to help me with each transaction. No, the custodians do a lot of that. The truth is, while while it's true that an investor is trying to go out alone and find a process that, I mean, that could be tedious. Like, what do you want to invest your money in? It's nice to just go on your Schwab account, right? And say like, that one's doing well. I'll take 18% of that right. and 23% of this other one. And my wife said that, you know, department stores are tanking. So I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this ETF that's dealing with large department stores. That's, that's very structured. Uh, it is hard to pick the invas- investment options because you just have to get more educated. But like anything in life, if you dedicate to it and pick a right custodian, they'll help you with that process. Um, and you might love it. I mean, it might be something that how many of you people, okay, are retired? You've you've crossed the finish line I talked about. And you're sitting around and you're like, I've read a couple of books. I don't like bocce. The mid the morning TV is great because it's informative, but that afternoon TV is driving me nuts. This could be an opportunity for you to get out and look at opportunities. I mean, you could get on Craigslist. And you could buy a business with your structured LLC that might, you know, make you a little squeamish. It might give you some some fear. But if that business is structured in such a way that it's ready to roll out income to you, think about that. That's an, that's exactly what this self-directed IRA allows you to do. I think another myth is that, um, you know, there's more than enough choices out there today with my standard IRA. Like, why would I get into more choices? But I think what... What a standard IRA does is is Wall Street basically puts you in a couple of boxes, right, Matt? Like, what would you say the average individual you sit down with that's thinking about switching from an investment account to an annuity or fixed income or some more guaranteed income opportunities? What are they holding in Wall Street? You know, it, it varies, uh, but, you know, you're going to have your standard, your stocks, bonds, and basically mutual funds. You know, the more... Uh, uh, I don't want to say more intelligent, but the more uh, educated investors have gotten kind of away from the mutual funds and gone to more of like an ETF just because of the fees and things that can be uh, associated with the mutual funds sometimes. So maybe just um, a bit more influent, just more aware of what's yeah, going on with fees. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, but that's mainly what you're going to be seeing, right? Of course, you've got some of these people with these fixed income type of deals, uh, definitely some annuity money floating around in the IRAs these days. But, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things that we try to push and myself, especially as a planner, is, is diversification in a portfolio. Right. And where does the line really have to be drawn when it comes to diversification? Well, I don't think there should be a line necessarily drawn. 
And by utilizing the self-directed IRA, I really, I, I agree that it, it definitely jumps into a, an opportunity for someone there to be able to kind of diversify themselves a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that, and diversification is really what, what our goal is today. Like another way to get in, people are, you know, frustrated with, ah, if I take more risk on stocks, I mean, with what we went through this year, I could lose 20% in a month. You know, the volatility is so high. And, um, but I do think people want to get into real estate, but they don't have the assets set aside for themselves in their checking savings and general funds. And in order to take the funds out of an IRA, you'd have to pay tax on it and potentially penalty. I mean, guys, a self-directed IRA is something you can set up before you're 59 and a half. It's something you can set up right now. Um, You can't really convert a 401k from your employer into a self-directed IRA. Um, But you can convert it into an IRA and then transfer from the IRA into the self-directed IRA. So Correct. You know, just keep in mind with any type of IRAs, uh, there are contribution limits to that. So if we're not doing a transfer or a rollover, uh, keep in mind that you're only going to be allowed to, uh, depending on your age, but it's usually about $6,000 a year that we can start putting towards these without doing any types of transfers. Yeah. I want to say one other myth that I think is out there, especially with regards to real estate. And then I want to, I want to hop off and take a quick break, Matt. Um, yeah. this, this last one is that, you know, everything you're saying, Mike, sounds great, but I don't want to be taxed or penalized if I buy real estate with my IRA. And what that means is the truth is that if you simply take out your money from your IRA, like if you just don't create that LLC, if you don't follow the rules and you just take your money out, then you will be penalized. However, if you like you're saying, if you roll over your existing IRA into a self-directed IRA, not only will you not be penalized, but you'll find that you have a lot more options than, than you did before. And it, essentially, the self-directed IRA platform functions just like a standard IRA, but you have the ability now to take on various income bearing and investment opportunities through a checkbook. Through a checkbook. I mean, Matt, you could say to me, hey, I've got this business that I'm looking to buy. It's functioning. It's profitable. I need about $50,000 to buy it from the owner. That's their book value. Um, I'm going to pay you back over the course of three years and I'm going to pay you interest of 5%. Mike, could you give me $50,000? I could say, you know what, Matt, I'm going to go home. I'm going to think about this, talk with my wife. The next day I could say, we're going to do it. Let's draft up a promissory note. Here's the check for $50,000. Deposit it. Go buy that business. We wish you the best of luck. Start payments. Start payments in three months. Go ahead and get started. I know you got a bunch going on, so I'm going to give you 90 days to just not pay me. How good would that feel? I mean, it's a risk. It's a risk. But if you get good at understanding or maybe you were in management or or you understood operations before you retired, you have a natural instinct, skill, ability to help yourself make money in retirement by doing this. It's pretty exciting. Matt, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll go over some of the mistakes to avoid because we always want to give our listeners some the good, the bad and the ugly, as we say. And um you know, I'm excited to wrap this up. We won't be much longer after the break, but let's do that now. And um, let's give our, our sponsors a, a quick timeout so we can get the word out. Sounds good. Listeners, we'll be right back after this break. Do you have enough money saved for retirement? How much is enough? Let's put things in perspective. It's estimated that you'll need roughly $250,000 in retirement 
just for medical expenses. So think about that number again. If you need some help, talk to Century Financial Consultants today and create a complimentary financial master plan that will show you exactly how long your money will last and give you peace of mind. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 623-428-9976. That's 623-428-9976. Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day And all the stars at night Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or need. Green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas to you. Welcome back, listeners, from that short break. Uh, here today with my co-host Mike Points discussing some ways for you as individual retirees out there to go out and diversify your retirement portfolio with a little tool called a self-directed IRA. Uh, Mike, you've done an awesome job of kind of going through and educating our listeners today and making them even more smart retirees uh, on how a self-directed IRA kind of works, some of the myths that kind of go along with them. But, uh, you know, I think you and I both have seen through the years, the different mistakes people can make with these self-directed IRAs. And uh, unfortunately, with self-directed IRAs, if you make a mistake, you're kind of stuck with it, right? And there's a lot of tax ramifications and things that can happen by doing something incorrectly. So I just want to make it very clear to you out there. Can you go out and set this up on your own? Yes. Should you have some type of professional helping you with this? Probably. no, it's not super complicated, but there's a the best way to say it, I guess, is the IRS has a lot of rules when it comes to it, and you want to make sure that you're abiding by them properly so you don't get yourself stuck in a tax situation where it's going to cost you more than you could have possibly earned by making that investment decision. So, yeah, Mike, um, I know you've got some mistakes, so why don't you run through those with us now? I think exactly what you're saying is that pe- people don't understand that. So you can, it's not just one LLC. You can have multiple LLCs. Right. Okay. And the LLC, this is the best way to think about it. Okay. Listeners, when you invest in a company or a mutual fund that has multiple companies, you're investing in that business, which is an asset. A business is an asset. The way it reports to the financial sheets is it has a balance sheet an income statement you know, there's cash flow, things of that nature. But a business, just like the LLC you're creating, has to follow certain rules. Okay. When you have revenue, so let's say you buy a house and then you sell a house, you're going to take the proceeds of that sale and it's going to go back into that business. Just like if Apple crushes it in quarter three, when they release the iPhone 12, they don't just, you know, the, the employees and the and the CEO and the executive team and the, and the, the management team, they don't like take little slivers of each sale, right? The sales go back into the business. They get a paycheck and they get equity earnings based on, you know, their arrangement with the corporation. 
the LLC is an asset. It's a business. It's an investment. So each one that you set up, you have to be smart about how the bookkeeping goes. So that first year when you say, gosh, this sounds exactly like what we want to do, you know, take a portion of your investments and find the right custodian. That is huge. And and the custodian, it's going to be easy if you already have a Fidelity investment account. Fidelity does a good job of this, Fidelity Investments. So you can chat with their specialists. You can get on the phone free of charge, walk through things that you're doing. They can't give you advice on what investments to place, but they can talk you through the rules and the guidelines. Okay. Um, when you set up this LLC, it's going to be crucial that, you know, you don't make any of these five mistakes. The first one is never apply for a credit card in the name of the LLC. Credit card companies are always looking for new customers. You know, they're always like they're ready. As soon as that LLC gets recorded, because it will have to get recorded with the state that you're in, you know, there's documents that have to be filed. Um, you're going to get newly formed business credit cards like, here you go. Here's some cash flow. If you receive a credit card application for the LLC, your job is to take it from your right hand and place it in the shredder with your left hand because you, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay. Um, you're prohibited from this type of transaction because what, what is happening is you're borrowing money, even though you're borrowing money, maybe to go into the project, maybe you're like, Oh, I need, I need cash flow to get to rip out these old carpets so I can make this house new and fresh and shiny for the new tenants that are moving in. You want to use all of those funds from the self-directed IRA. Um, so that's the first mistake is people try to apply for things because now they have an LLC and they're trying to apply for, you know, quick, quick terms of cash flow so that they know after they get a couple projects going, they'll be able to pay off that credit card. They won't need it anymore. Not a good idea. Um, the second one I see is every investment made must be, um, for the exclusive benefit of the self-directed IRA. Okay. So this is one where I, this is a huge one. This is like, stop mowing the lawn for a second and listen to me. If you buy an investment property with your self-directed IRA, and let's say it's in a lake town, let's say it's in a ski resort town. Let's say you're capitalizing on one of these areas that just pour in money during the season when it's, when it's ski season or, fishing season or boating season, you do not underlined in bold, get to use this thing for your personal use in the off season. You can't go and stay at your house and enjoy the benefit of this investment. Just like you can't go into an Apple store and say, Hey, I own 18% of, you know, this. So I want to just take a, take a phone and take it off the shelf and walk out. It's, you can't, benefit from it that way. And I think what it's unfortunate, but it's a basic, it's a basic transaction where you have to obtain, you know, the property and set aside the, the proceeds from the property with good bookkeeping. And you really, really, really want to not make that mistake. If you do that, if you are found taking advantage of, or God forbid you buy an investment property and put your kids in it as the tenants, that is a huge violation. That means that all the money that you took out of your self-directed IRA through the LLC to buy that real estate investment is now taxable as income. Ouch, right? Mm -hmm. Ouch. 
not only that, I mean, you could put it back in, you'd, you could you could benefit from the proceeds of the investment, but now you're going to suffer from a marginal tax income tax hit, not to mention any other taxes that come along with taking your money out of your IRA or penalties if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So that's a big one, Matt. Um, I think that that's one that I think a lot of people make the mistake on, or they say like, hey, don't worry, like, don't, don't tell anyone, but we're going to go stay in our beach house this weekend. And I, I just don't want you to get in the habit of that because it, it, the, the time bomb or the landmine that you're going to step on is just too severe. Yeah. And I mean, the, the tax bill there, I mean, it could just be absolutely, you know, ter- you know, terrible. Um, you know, so it's, it's really important that you are keeping up on that and not you know, taking advantage, I guess, of, uh, this is not saying you can't keep the proceeds and things from, you know, the investment or the business that you've now created. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you can't benefit directly by using this property, I guess, is the, the end the end uh, result there. But, you know, same thing with uh, your traditional IRAs, a self-directed IRA. Once you hit uh, it's 72 now, you're going to have to take a required minimum, minimum distribution. Um, yeah, good to watch it. Yeah. Something to watch out for there is, you know, if you've got this LLC set up, it's got its own bank account and you've got the IRA, you don't want to just take your required minimum distribution out of the bank account, right? That's something you got to be careful of too. You have to take it directly from the IRA, directly from the custodian that's housing that, that account. Right, Mike? That's right. That's right. um, Yeah. The other thing too, like if you own, you know, when you own a a standard IRA an RMD is pretty easy, you look at the account statements, right? There's our account value, end of the year. The CPA might get involved because of the the size of your accounts or the magnitude or the 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 variety of accounts you have. When you own real estate through the LLC, you have to get an appraisal. You have to have an uh, an, an appraiser go out and say, okay, this year the market value went up seven point three percent. So it started at you know three fifty, or it started at five hundred, and now it's five thirty five. So that accounts for what you take an RMD against, then you would we would remove the RMD, like Matt said so eloquently, from your self-directed IRA. Um, you know, you're going to hold a checkbook, which is a huge power. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, you could write a check to a good friend of yours that's trying to open a business, and you may not be able to get that money back. You know, but but with when you hold a checkbook to your IRA's LLC, always remember that the checking account is an asset of your IRA and as such, never borrow money from it. Like don't do this thing where like, oh, I, I pay it back before the month's over. It's not like a credit card where you, you know, you run up a balance, but pay it off and don't accrue interest. Any time, any funds that go from you, excuse me, your self-directed IRA to you directly is a violation and is, is income seen at that moment it's like a company paying you a check it's income if you try to put it back yeah you can you can transfer back but then you run under the rules of how much you can transfer of your income you can't just like send it all back right there's minimum there's minimal or there's maximum transfer percentages of income yep um so never never borrow money from it you may not you may lend it to um you know a close friend um and they could pay you back on like a personal note. Maybe you've got a friend that's just had hard times. Maybe they went through a divorce and they need $5,000 for the security deposit and the first month's rent, but you know that they make income. They could pay you back. That's not a problem. You could write a check to them. I'm not saying do that. 
I'm just saying that that's how much power you have. So watch out. Um, so the ownership structure is a big deal, especially if you start combining assets that you buy with other LLCs or other individuals. Okay. So like Matt, he's got plenty of money of his own on the sideline. He's just, he's saved up money really well. He's ready to rock. He wants to buy an investment property. He says to Mike, Hey, let's go in on this thing together. And I have all my money that I've just, you know, overly distributed into my IRA. If I take it out, Matt, I've got money, but if I take it out, I'm gonna have to pay taxes on it. I create a self-directed IRA. I buy my portion of the real estate with the self-directed IRA. Matt buys his portion of the real estate with his own individual name. Or maybe he, just for the sake of being, you know, a risk management savvy dude, creates his own LLC. You gotta get the percentages of what each owner owns correctly not only on title, but the way that the money flows back. Okay. So those are some of the major upfront risks or mistakes people make. I think the number one thing is that they're like, oh man, I've never owned anything before. I now I've got this LLC. It's, it's, you know, it's my business. So I I need money to do things to uh, make this move along. And they give themselves funds instead of, instead of going right from the LLC to like a contractor, right? That's how it would work. Contractor makes a bid, gives you an invoice for the carpet work. LLC pays carpet guy. Okay, that's an expense. Um, that expense is hopefully going to be paid back in full with profit. But right. that's that's the risk that you take of having this type of autonomy with your investment accounts. Matt, um, obviously, you're the best guy to, to finish out the show because you're going to talk about you know, balancing out their portfolio when they're taking this amount of risk, they want to also make sure they're still getting some income coming in. You know, don't cut their nose off to spite their face. Yeah. Yeah. Just like anything else in in retirement or any other type of investment, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? Uh, Diversification, again, is huge. And though a self-directed IRA gives us a lot of flexibility as to the investments that we can make. I strongly suggest you don't go about doing something like this on your own. Definitely seek out, you know, professional assistance somewhere. Um, you know, most of the bigger uh, wirehouses and things that, you know, your Schwabs and things of the world aren't going to have self-directed IRAs. Um, Mike, yeah, I know you mentioned Fidelity earlier in the show. I haven't even double checked to make sure they offer it. Um, so that would be something, I don't know if you can look it up right now, Mike, but a lot of those bigger houses aren't going to do it because they just don't want to take on the risk. And what you'll find is if you're having to go to some of these other companies, it may be a little bit more expensive to set something like this up. But again, the returns and things that you will be able to see from this type of stuff, because now you're, you're almost you know, making yourself the bank. So you're setting the interest rate you want uh, if you're doing some lending and things out of this or with real estate, you know, we've got some income coming in there. So I think just like anything else, creating a plan, sitting down, talking to an advisor, looking over this and making sure that in the long run, it's really going to fit your needs. Um, You know, there's some upkeep and things that go along with having a self-directed IRA later on in the future, you know, especially if we're dealing with real estate and things that, you know, maybe as you're getting older, you just don't want to deal with either. So just a lot of things before you jump into something, plan it out, make sure it fits into your your lifelong plan there and, uh, you know, ensure that you're doing it in the most smart way possible, if you will. So I have a Vanguard that does. Yes. 
Van, okay. and that makes sense that Vanguard does them. They're they're very into they're pretty like, self-directed to begin with. So yeah, correct, <laughs> correct, correct. Fidelity has some information online that says they can help, but I don't see it on their site where they actually take on um, IRAs. Um, you know, yeah. one of the one of the people that I've been um, uh, impressed with the way online is Broad Financial. They deal with they're basically the the custodian altogether. They're they're more like a a go between or middleman that helps you with the direction. Um, they'll help you set up the account. They'll manage the the account as a custodian. But they're not um, they're not very well known in the marketplace like Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab. So do your research, do your homework. Call us if you have any questions about this. I think maybe maybe you're in a self directed IRA and you're worried about you've maybe made some mistakes or. Maybe you tried it and the water's just too cold and you want to get out of it. And Matt could be a good person to help you understand how to do that, get it back to a more simplified approach. Um, dial us at 866-53-RETIRE. Option one's for Mr. Matt Hollander. Option two for Mike Points. Great show, Matt. That's going to conclude it for us today, I think. Sounds like a plan to me. Sounds like a plan to me. Mike, thanks for uh, getting together with me today so we could uh, educate our smart retiree listeners and... Uh, Again, listeners, happy holidays as we're coming closer. Um, hopefully everyone's staying healthy and, uh, you know, enjoying time with your family. So let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thanks for listening. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. 